0: Direct Line, religious topics without preaching, mixing politics and religion, and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line, and now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler.
1: Well, good morning. Welcome to Direct Line. It's Thursday, June 16. It's Greg. It's Stephanie. It's Steph- It's really hot. Yes. <laughs> Tuesday, record high temperatures, like all time um, it, for that it day. It
2: feels like a sauna. Yeah.
1: So I'm saying this is probably a good time to own a swimming pool.
2: Well, yes. I haven't been in it yet. Haven't been in it yet, huh? I, okay. I still haven't been in that wow. thing yet. But okay. yes, I think this is a good time to have a swimming
1: yes, pool. Yes,
2: yes. I, I mean, really, it's,
1: it's unbelievable. Yep.
2: dangerously hot.
1: Well, and it's so. all over America, it sounds like. Yeah. You know, I couldn't believe the, what would we call it, the swath of the heat wave. It is Global
2: warming? Is li- that what this I
1: is? don't know. I don't know. Did you hear about Yellowstone.
2: What in the, the world? Flooding, the flooding, the
1: roads have been yeah. washed out, bridges yeah. have been uh, messed up. They evacuated people. I love Yellowstone. Have I've you never, been to Yellowstone? I've never been there. Yeah, if there's <laughs> ever a call to plant a church in or near Yellowstone, <laughs> you're taking it. Sign me up. Yep, I would love it.
2: Well, it looks beautiful, but yeah. there's poor people yeah. out there.
1: Not good. Mm, not good. Wow. Well, hey, today's direct line is going to be different than most. Okay. You and I are not going to do much of the talking. Right. We're actually going to play an interview. I was so moved on Sunday mm. hearing Doctor Gash from Pepperdine mm-hmm. and Byron Johnson from Baylor, also a doctor, just talk about. Prison and ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the decision. I want Direct Line to hear that. And mm-hmm. I know there's going to be mm-hmm. some people that'll listen, and you were a part of the service, but I think many more that listen to Direct Line probably were okay. not. And okay. uh, you told me between services you thought it was really good. You're really moved it by impactful. it as well. Very impactful. And so, what we're going to do, we're going to do a couple things in this opening mm-hmm. segment. Mm-hmm. We'll go to break. And then when we come back, we're going to play that interview, okay. including an introduction that uh, Dale and Kenna mm-hmm. and Tobin from our staff put together that introduces who mm-hmm. Dr. Gash and Dr. Johnson are. and what they're trying to accomplish. The interview in itself is around 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then we'll come back, share a couple thoughts, and I still have to do my history segment. All right. So we can't do that. But hey, I want to start by talking about Saturday. Saturday was a big day in our community. Mm -hmm. Serve Together Vermilion County happened. I think this is the fourth year that it's taken place. Twenty-eight different sites where people were serving. Mm -hmm. Three different prayer teams. I, I was part of the prayer team in Danville. Mm-hmm. We had the service at four thirty where we came together and we worshiped and we were encouraged by Brian Carpenter's mm-hmm. word. Brian, of course, longtime student minister at Crossroads. Right. He's going full time with FCA and then we shared a fellowship meal. Stephanie, I said Sunday, I think serve together is one of the most important days of the year for Christians in Vermilion Mm -hmm. County, Mm -hmm. because you have people from a variety of churches coming together, serving in the name of Jesus. Uh, What say you?
2: Oh, I agree. I think churches can become little islands and they just focus on what they're doing. And so I think it's a great opportunity for us to, you know, look around us and see what other Christians there are and and work together and worship together and then eat together.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great. And I I just I I know one of the challenges that's out there is to try to get more and more people Mm -hmm. from a variety of churches Mm -hmm. uh, to come together. And I would just throw that out. We've already had the Save the Date I think it's June 10, Mm -hmm. 2023. Mm -hmm. And, again, uh, if you want more information, reach out to Molly Goodwin, served together at yahoo.com. It's just Mm -hmm. a great day. Mm -hmm. Now, also that day, LeStan Hoskins. Mm -hmm. He's planning a church, Mosaic City Church, but he hosted the second – anti-violence basketball tournament and our prayer team stopped by Garfield Park and we were able to actually pray with them Mm -hmm. and also kind of see they had the little kids like the kindergartners getting ready to start (laughs) but again I I just I think that's a great idea to say let's try to do as much as we can to inspire Mm -hmm. the next generation and I agree with LaStan violence is never the answer There's far too many in our world and at times even in our community Mm -hmm. that have seemingly chosen violence. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just love efforts like this. And we need to get LaStan on direct line and hear about Mosaic City Church. Right,
2: right. It sounds interesting.
1: Exciting, exciting times. And I want you to say a word about what's happening not this Sunday but next Sunday evening, 5 p.m., hymnology.
2: Right. It's uh, about an hour long where we um, sing the old hymns. Yep. Um, s- I
1: heard you practicing this week.
2: Yeah. Some of them have kind of a bluegrass sound to them. We're trying to get Tobin and his steel guitar with us that night. That'd be Um, fun. So we're going to sing and hear the stories. And the different part about this hymnology is that um, some of the people from the Women's Care Clinic are going to be with us, and they'll be kind of sharing the stories behind some of the songs. And then we'll take up a a love offering for the care clinic. Yeah.
1: And the Women's Care Clinic, again, great ministry, so important and I think this money is going to go to their mobile medical unit fundraising right. yep. project. Yep. But I'm excited to see who from the women's care clinic is going to be here yeah. that night okay. to share the different stories yeah. that take okay. place. But that is Sunday, June 26. And we're having
2: uh, brownies and ice cream.
1: Brownies chips. and ice cream to follow.
2: You can't go wrong with brownies. And
1: like. I'm hoping for like mid 80s. You know, <sighs> hope it cools down. Get out a of the bit. high 90s if yeah. possible. But yeah. uh, just love so much that night and. Justin Silver Mm -hmm. uh, does a lot of work behind that and puts it together and it's gonna be a good time so come on out Well, hey, let's go to break when we come back we're gonna hear the introduction and then the interview that Dale DeNeal from Mm -hmm. our staff Mm -hmm. facilitated with dr. Jim Gash and dr. Byron Johnson you're listening to direct line we'll be right back after this
0: Robinson chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at RobChiro.com. That's R O B C H I R O.com.
3: Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring.
4: This is Rob Witzel,
5: Area Supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations.
1: Hans Tankwash is proud to support the Women's Care Clinic. Let's hear now from Interim Co-Director Mariah Hansen.
6: Women's Care Clinic in Danville provides the love and support every woman deserves during pregnancy. The best news is all our services are free. Free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds for pregnancy confirmation, and even free consultations with medical professionals. And that's not all. We offer parenting education, mentoring for moms and dads, and help with adoption planning. We also work closely with many community agencies for all the support our families need. More than anything, Women's Care Clinic offers hope, compassion, and care to our clients of every age and background. We'd love to have you join us. To learn more, volunteer, or make a gift, visit danvillewcc.org or call 217 431 0987. Women's Care Clinic in Danville, changing lives one decision at a time.
1: You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN.
6: Dr. Byron Johnson is a distinguished professor of the social sciences at Baylor University in Waco, Texas, and a leading authority on the scientific study of religion, the efficacy of faith-based organizations, and criminal justice. Before joining the faculty at Baylor University, Johnson directed research centers at Vanderbilt University and the University of Pennsylvania and he currently serves as a faculty affiliate of the Human Flourishing Program at Harvard University. He is the author of more than 250 articles and several books, including More God, Less Crime, the Angola Prison Seminary, and Restorative Prison. Dr. James Gash is the President and CEO of Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. Before assuming the presidency, he served 20 years as a professor at the Pepperdine Caruso School of Law. Recognized globally for his transformative work in international justice reform, Gash has devoted himself to advancing the rule of law in developing countries. In 2016, he published his first book, Divine Collision, An African Boy, An American Lawyer, and Their Remarkable Battle for Freedom, which chronicles how Gash's life and the Uganda criminal system were dramatically changed through a teenage prisoner during Gash's first visit to Uganda. Together, Dr. Johnson and Dr. Gash lead the Center for Faith and the Common Good at Pepperdine University. This initiative has brought them to Danville to look at the Building Block Program at Danville Correctional Center and Second Church of Christ involvement with this transformative program. Please give a Second Church welcome to Drs. Byron Johnson and Jim Gash.
7: Wow. We are really excited to have you guys with us today. Thank you for, for coming to Danville. Thank you for being here at Second Church this morning. great to be with you. Welcome, welcome. So, hey, I want to uh, acknowledge a couple of guys. They were here at the first service, uh, but they played a very key role in seeing that you guys came, uh, were, are here actually this weekend. And uh, Bob Jackson, uh, Dave Jackson, I'm sorry, Dave Jackson and um, uh, Chuck Brewer, uh, from Chicago, and uh, they've been partners with us in some ministry initiatives out at, at the prison. But uh, they're not here today. But would you go ahead and express their your appreciation to them for being here? So, and uh, I want to give a shout out too to our friends at Danville Correctional Center who uh, will be watching this online. And so, uh, good to have you with us, uh, friends. So, well. Gentlemen, we've got a lot to talk about today, uh, more than we could even probably really try to, try to cover in, in the time period that we have, but we're going to do our best. Uh, and, and before we jump into uh, the topic uh, for this morning, uh, would you tell us a little bit about yourselves, so just kind of more on a personal level? You know, who, who is uh, Byron Johnson? Who is Jim Gash? Byron, would you start?
8: Sure. Well, uh, hello everybody. It's good to be here. This is our first time to Danville, Illinois, and uh, so it's been nice driving to and from. And you know, we experienced a Mexican restaurant yesterday, although we got lost. You know, it's not a big place, but we went to the wrong Mexican restaurant. There are two of them. We did two think, La Pots in one town. In, in who who one town it's like who would have ever imagined? Um, but uh, leave it to us to get lost in Danville. But um, yeah, um, it's been an interesting ride to to be here. You know, um, this is our second service, so I'll tell something I didn't tell in the first service. My dad was a professor. I come from a large family, uh, great Christian home, and I kind of knew I'd always follow my dad's footsteps, and so I did, I became a professor. And you know, I was known as the John the Baptist at the university where I taught uh, right out of the chutes at at Memphis State. um, just wanted to share the gospel with everyone, and it kept getting me in trouble. And um, so, uh, not just with students, but with faculty, I challenged them too. So much so that it got me terminated. Uh, oh, wow. right, right before I applied for tenure, um, they told me that I just didn't fit in there anymore. And um, you know, we were just devastated. We have three kids and all uh, five and under, and I thought, boy. You go to school for 10 years, you get a job, you do what you're supposed to do, and, and you get fired. And uh, so it was a sad moment for us, but God just used it in a miraculous way and, it, and uh, allowed me to get a job that was better than the one that I had. Wow. And um, it kind <clears> of <throat> changed my career to a research-focused career. And, um, and so then we moved around quite a bit after that. And... Um, it, it led me ultimately to Baylor and now to Pepperdine, and uh, so it's been an amazing journey. Nothing that I would have ever imagined that God would use our research, and uh, that's what's brought us here, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Right, but right. yeah,
7: so you mentioned you have three children. Three you kids. also have grandchildren too. Yeah, so
8: three adult kids are all married, all all Christ followers, and nine grandkids. Wow!
7: Congratulations. Yeah,
8: thank you. So my wife is uh, playing grandma while I'm gone because we see our kids just about every day, and uh, but she's delighted that we're here today. Good. Thanks, Byron. Yeah.
7: Jim, how about, how about
5: you? Tell us about yeah, you. Well, first let me say greetings from the University Church of Christ in Malibu. It's great to be worshiping with brothers and sisters here. Uh, I'll start with my dad as well. My dad uh, went to Pepperdine, transferred in there, and um, shortly after he arrived, he met my mom, asked her out on a date. They went on a date. He asked her on a second date. She said, the second date? If there is one, we'll be at church. So my dad went to church for the first time and not only fell in love with my mom, but fell in love with Jesus Christ. And it changed everything for him. And so growing up, I was like, I'm going to Pepperdine, just like my dad. And when I realized in high school that they didn't have a football team, I wasn't going to Pepperdine. (laughs) So I ended up going to Abilene Christian University and playing football there. And then Pepperdine Law School practiced for a number of years. I'm now a recovering lawyer but I make them. So <laughs> I practiced or, or taught for, for 20 years and then took the baton uh, for my predecessor three years ago, just before the pandemic became a college president. Perfect timing. Uh, my kids all went to Pepperdine and have graduated and one's a physician assistant and another is a cancer researcher. And another is uh, just starting at Fuller Theological Seminary. She's gonna be a, a Bible professor. And so um, that's, that's kind of my family story. That's wonderful. Now, you mentioned that you played football, but you didn't mention that you, were, you played quarterback. I played quarterback. It's, yeah. it's been a while, though, so uh, I, I can still throw the ball a long way. In fact, I've got a ball in the car if anybody wants to challenge me <laughs> on that. Uh, but uh, really don't have the agility that I once had. Now, not that I really had a whole lot of agility at one point.
7: Okay. Well, yesterday we spent uh, a good amount of time at Danville Correctional Center uh, looking at the Building Black program. I, I'm, I'm so curious, uh, what, what brought you to Danville Correctional Center from Texas and California yeah. to look at the Building Black program? What, what was it that, that intrigued you about that?
8: First, um, Jim and I have become great friends over the last six years and we've been trying to figure out what might we do together. And we've com- committed to prayer. And so just a few months ago, we launched a brand new center at Pepperdine called the Center for Faith and the Common Good. So we are going to be launching all kinds of projects all across the country in, in different settings. Um, since Jim and I both have done a lot of work in prisons, we thought that might be the low-hanging fruit for us since we know that area so well. But, We want to be doing research on uh, foster care and adoption, the role that the church plays. We want to be doing research on other areas where society has problems like addictions. You know, what role does faith play in addiction and recovery? Um, And so we just think there's so much that the church is already doing, and we have evidence that that's the case, but we want to generate even more evidence that will help the church do even more. And so as a part of our new venture together, we've been scouting out projects. And so we're leaving here. In fact, after the next service, Jim and I are gonna make a mad dash to our car to catch a 315 flight in Indianapolis where we're headed to Mississippi for a couple of days to be in prisons there where we're also gonna be doing research. So um, when we heard about Danville and the building block program, we thought that's different because it's not like it's a program that the church started uh, which is what we most of the things are. They kind of originate from people of faith because they're so inspired by God. But this is a program that started, and then the church has come in to undergird it. That's that that too is an important story. And so we want to understand what's the relationship between Second Church and faith-motivated volunteers in a setting like that, and how might that be something that could be replicated elsewhere. And so we want to document the whole process and, and then let everybody else know how it's going.
7: Oh, excellent, excellent. Jim, you, anything you want to add to that?
8: Sure, yeah, well, Byron's a social scientist and has done
5: quite a bit of studying on the impact of faith on, on inmates' behavior in the, in the prison and afterward. And, and I've done some stuff in the developing world. But what we're trying to do is demonstrate the impact of faith on individual human flourishing and on societal good. And so as Byron said, we're starting in prisons, to demonstrate what, what uh, kind of a, a faith conversion or faith programming or programming that uh, really talks about your identity as, as someone other than what happened on the worst day of your life. Uh, and, and, and then taking that into the rest of societal challenges. At Pepperdine, we have uh, a school public policy, which, which Baylor does not have, and so that's one of the reasons we're focusing our center on, on Pepperdine, rather, in uh, Baylor, so that when we can demonstrate empirically that that uh, these interventions are successful, then, then we can defend them, first in, in the halls of legislatures in being able to allow people to use faith-based interventions, but also defend them in courts as well, because Pepperdine also has a religious liberty clinics. So we litigate cases where people are persecuted for exercising their religion, and then we're taking it in the international realm through the Global Justice Institute that I used to run and, and now kind of still is at Pepperdine. So this was a a natural place for us to continue the research on what interventions inside of prisons, what impacts those can have. And uh, so we're eager to be partnering with this church, this community, this prison on demonstrating that what they're doing through the building block program has tangible impacts not only in the individual's lives, but on everybody else around them when they come out.
7: You know, that kind of, go ahead.
8: I was just going to add to that. One of the amazing things about this partnership is, is Jim. Um, here's a university president that has a thousand things to do, but he wants to help us do this. It's, and so that, to me, is the, the great appeal, to have a university leader and his great team of people all focused on this new center and how we can support it so that it's just unprecedented really so to me it's a it's a dream come true that we could even be a part of something like this
7: obviously there's something about both of you guys that, that are very missional um, you, you're drawn to uh, to prisons to the incarcerated community uh, usually something like that uh, that has a deep missional kinda of core to it comes from a life experience that, that that you've had. Um, I, I know your book that you, you published, uh, 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 This Divine Collision, right? Uh, it really speaks about that moment in your life where God got a hold of you uh, about uh, about people in prison and the incarcerated community. You Talk about that, if you would, Jim. Yeah.
5: So for 42 years um, of my life, I was, I was writing the chapters and thought I was doing a pretty good job. I had a wife, three awesome kids, no grandkids yet because Byron's way older than I am. <laughs> and, then, and then in October of 2009, um, I'm at a, the Christian Legal Society National Conference, and the keynote speaker that night is a guy named Bob Goff. Some of you have heard of Bob Goff. Bob's written a book called Love Does. He's written several books since then, but before there was a book Love Does, there was a speech Love does. And in that speech, he talked about a prison of kids in Uganda. And and, and he said something that I will never, ever forget. He said, Our God is a God of justice, and He's nuts about kids. And so that answered the question that I had been asked for the last few years because our students had started going to Uganda to work with the judiciary. And they kept asking me, the dean of students at the time, When are you going to Uganda? You're the dean of students, we're students, we're going to Uganda, why aren't you going with us? And the answer in that moment was that my Bible changed from there are they, Lord, send them, which is what, what, how I interpreted that passage. Because, you know, there's missionaries, and wonderful, let's, let's give them money, let's encourage them, let's pray for them, but that's somebody else's work. And in that moment, it changed to here am I, Lord, send me. And so four, four of us lawyers got on a plane, uh, you know, from that moment, that pivotal moment, it's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to take this one step, I'm going to do my... my my leap of faith, my one and done, my volunteerism trip, so I can sh- show my kids and my wife and my God that I'm a faithful servant, and I can take a step of faith. And then when we arrived at this prison, we walked into the prison for the first time, one one room warehouse. I remember thinking, this isn't okay with me. Someone's got to do something about this. But that time, I knew it wasn't going to be me, because this was my one and done. And then and then. You know, I met this this kid and his brother who had been arrested and charged with murder, and they'd been in there two years just waiting for someone to do something. They were warehoused. And it turns out that some of the training I'd received and some of the relationships we had prepared me to be someone who was involved in his next journey. And so on Thursday of this week, I leave for Uganda for my 28th trip since that first trip in January of 10. And... uh, and I got to represent this kid. He was convicted of murder uh, through, through uh, some serious miscarriages of justice, which I got to represent him in the Ugandan Court of Appeals. You put on these Harry Potter robes, it's really cool. They don't give you a <laughs> wand, but you have all the other stuff. And I got to represent him, and, and he was exonerated, and, and then he graduated from, from Bob Goff's school up in northern Uganda, and then he went to medical school and then a year and a half ago graduated from medical school. And he's a doctor, and we're heading out there to open the clinic. <laughs> And so, yeah, God has, a way of, uh, God has a way of surprising us when we say yes, one simple yes, and we'll talk in a little bit about ways that you all can say a simple yes, but it changed everything for me. I wouldn't be a university president, but for that, I mean, the things that it challenged me to do and, and things that opened up and the way it changed me uh, ended up leading us to this current path. I wouldn't be here with you all. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Jim. That's a powerful story. at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame,
7: it's gonna be great!
4: Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217 260 5647.
0: Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion, plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at RobCiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O
1: dot com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Direct Line. Let's get back to our interview
8: with Dr. Jim Gash and Dr. Byron Johnson.
7: Byron, how about you? What, yeah. what have been some of your life experiences?
8: Well, I'll tell you a funny one. So um, I was working on a master's degree and doing some part-time work in construction. And during one of the breaks, there was this painter over there, and he, and he said, so what do, you, what do you do for a living? I go, well, I'm a, I'm a full-time grad student. I'm just doing this construction on the side. He goes, oh, well, there's a job open downtown. It's a, a position for a parole officer. I go, parole officer? That sounds pretty cool. And um, so I put in an application for it, and they hired me with no experience, you know and a completely wrong degree for that kind of a job, but they hired me, and they just said, there's the case files, get to work, no training. So I open up this file cabinet, and I'm just looking through there, and I see this name. I'm thinking, I recognize that name. I pull the file out, open it up, and I see the photograph, and it's the painter from the construction crew. (laughs) He's on my (laughs) caseload. So I call him up, and he goes, hello? I go, Johnny. It's your, parole, your new parole officer. Uh-oh. I said, yeah, you need to come in and see me. So he comes in and he goes, and then he was really afraid that you know, I'd become his parole officer. But I just did that job for a, a short little stint. So
7: that started you down the that path. That started
8: me down the path because just being exposed to criminal justice and criminology, and I started making visits to prisons because of the parole thing, I thought, I need to change course here. So, I, I finished up that degree, then started working on a PhD in criminology. And um, so, you know, God has a sense of humor, something like that, where a, a, an offender who had strayed, who wasn't abiding by the rules, is the one that led me down this path. So for the last 35 years, I've been um, studying the criminal justice system, and, and, and in particular, how faith matters.
7: So. In your own life, how has faith mattered with regard to your research? How you oh. see, you know, the yeah, the, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but just you know, faith in itself and the, the church, you know, well, you what's know, our role I, and responsibility? In?
8: I just knew as a person raised in the church that faith was important, and so when I'm working on a PhD, most of my professors back in the Paleolithic era, Jim, <laughs> were <laughs> Marxists. Mm-hmm. And so I was this oddity. I was this you know, evangelical Christian, and I, I did stand out. And so I remember saying, I'd like to study the role of religion within this program. That would be my area of concentration. And my major professor said, boy, that's the kiss of death. No one cares about religion. It's not important. No one studies it. And I said, don't you think that's reason enough that no one's studying it? He goes, OK. It's your career if you want to throw it away, Um, but I've wound up making a pretty good career um, out of, in fact, studying it because so little had been done, and now we've developed a whole new literature that did not exist three decades ago that's very powerful, and it shows that faith matters in so many different ways, way beyond criminology. If you want to live a long, healthy, happy life, get your life right with God. And that's the path. And all, there are thousands and thousands of studies that show that. So if, if you're an African-American and you regularly participate in your faith and it's meaningful in your life, it adds 14 years to your life expectancy. Seven years if you're white. Sorry about that. It's just the reality. Um, so it's just one way that we know faith matters, but there are so many other areas I could talk about.
7: I heard you uh, make a presentation uh, where you talked about the importance of just church attendance.
8: Yeah, it's the best thing that you can do. If you want a magic pill, go to church, um, because it just leads to so many other things. Yeah. You know, obviously, we, we hear great sermons, we hear great teaching, and we try to listen to it, but then you get exposed to the Scripture and the Bible, and then you get put in a small group, and then you're asked to serve. And so one of the things that we find with so transformative for people that find God in places like prison mm-hmm. is that then they start giving their life away. So there's nothing more, that's why this, this particular program at Danville is important. It's peer-to-peer. It's, it's not so much people from the outside that are making the big difference as helping these guys minister to themselves. And, and so this is one of the things that we're finding that's so transformative
7: this this peer mentoring yeah. component has been uh, been an element that keeps showing up in your research, isn't it? Yeah, How, it keeps that, that's what's up. making a change and impact yeah, on people.
8: That's what's people's happening lives. all across the U.S. and around the world. Um, we can't be in there. We need to be in there. And I'm so glad that, that you all are, are, are seeing the prison as a place for you to to invest. Uh, it, it's worth investing and it's making a difference but boy these offenders are there all the time and so for them to mentor each other and again that that component faith in god and then give your life away in service to others that's how you that's how you beat addictions that's how people stay sober by the way you find god you still relapse but you find god and you help other people and you'll you'll stay clean
7: yeah wow jim as a a university president uh, maybe I can even say quarterback because eh? you, you kind of quarterbacked Pepperdine University now uh, you've had all this opportunity to leverage uh, the school focus uh, towards more faith initiatives yeah. understanding that w- with the start of uh, the school or the, the, the Center for faith and common good uh, you also I know teach or preach on occasion so from that perspective what do you believe what do you feel? The, what are the biblical mandates for, for people of faith to be involved in the life of those who are in prison, uh, those who are incarcerated? What does the Bible say?
5: Yeah, well, we, we are all familiar with the passage in Matthew 25 about visiting those in prison. We also heard um, the lead pastor just quote from Isaiah, Luke quoting Isaiah about uh, Jesus calling, Jesus coming in and calling us to set, set the captives free. And part of, part of what I got to do for the time that I was leading our global justice program was to do so in, in the developing world. But I will tell you that um, we had a lot of prisoners that we interacted with in Uganda uh, that were never going to get out. And so the freedom that they were seeking was much more important than the freedom that we were trying to give to those who could get out. And the freedom that that those in the Danville Correctional Center, just down the road, the freedom they're seeking is much more important than their physical freedom. It's their freedom in Christ. It's their ability to be set free that's right. from what they did and the guilt that they feel and the redemption that many of them do not believe that's for them. And if, if they're going to believe that the redemption that Christ came to give is also for them, they're only going to hear it from people like you. They're not going to hear it from those, at least not as part of their actual jobs, those in the prison facility, but they're going to hear it from people like you to say, you know what, you're not defined by that choice you made five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You were defined by the choice that Christ made 2,000 years ago. And the, the ability that you have to be the messenger of that good news to them is something that I I just can't conceive of you uh, understanding fully until you do it, because I will tell you that that's something that you have to experience in person. And so that one simple yes that started me down a very different road that changed my life in different ways is awaiting every single one of you to say, yes, you know what, I'm going to go in there. And I will tell you, you won't just go once. It's like that that Lay's potato chips commercial, (laughs) you can't eat just one. You will not just go just once. (laughs) And I know that's hard. Yeah, but I don't want my life to be that way. I've got, I've got all these various things that I'm doing. You know, we're, we're, we're much more afraid of failure, much more afraid of success than we are of failure. Because if you go in there and you don't have any impact and you, know, you don't really have such a good time, well then you're done. But if you go in there and you are able to be part of somebody's salvation journey, then that is going to change your life and everything's gonna be different in your life. And that's scary. And I know that some of you are out there like I was and afraid If if I say yes, then all these other things are gonna happen. And the answer is, yeah, that's probably true. But when I wrote those first 42 chapters of my life, finally, in 2009, I surrendered the pen and said, okay, God, you write this next chapter. And it was not the chapter I would have written. I promise you that. In my family, we, we moved to Uganda for six months when my kids were teenagers. And that was not what they were looking to do, but it changed everything. And so I encourage you, to surrender the pen, take a step of faith, a simple yes, get involved, and uh, you will be the beneficiary as much as that prisoner will. Wow, thank you for that great, yeah. great challenge,
7: thank yeah. you. Yes, <laughs> amen. Byron, your, your research is, just, is, is amazing, and I, I've read a, just a small bit of it, there's so much of it to read, but I've seen, i picked up a kind of a common thread uh, throughout your research, and it's, it has to do with the role of the faith community mm. uh, in the incarcerated community, yeah. in the prison community. Could, could you speak to that for just a moment yeah. what, you know, from your research yeah. and what it is you feel like, just in, in particular, what, what kind of impact can we, Second Church of Christ, make with yeah. our involvement?
8: Yeah, I just I feel like mentoring is such an important thing. Uh, we're all familiar with the term you all assume it's important, and the research confirms it's important. Uh, Sometimes we just need another person in our life, maybe typically an older person uh, that's had experiences that, that we can learn from. And I also feel like God expects us to invest in the people you know that we can invest in, too. So you know, I'm mentoring like four guys right now, and it's, none of it's convenient. You have to get up and meet them and super early or meet them during the day when I have other things I need to be doing, but um, it's a very rich time. Every time I'm with someone, and so these are people outside of prison that I'm mentoring right now, but I've heard so many stories of offenders that have said, uh, that's how I made it. So I I said, well, what about God? Well, God became important later, but this mentor Mm -hmm. is the one that really pulled me in and took me under his wing. For a lot of guys, they never had a dad until they had a mentor. They grew up without a father. And so here's this guy that they didn't know that would come into prison every week and see them. I remember one time I heard a story where uh, this uh, successful businessman in Houston would see this guy every Tuesday evening. And he had been out of town for uh, like a week, and he flew in on a Tuesday evening and went straight to the prison. He didn't go home to see that inmate. And that inmate knew it. And it was just things like that that literally transformed the life of that prisoner. And so that's, that's what's happening here. That's what we want to capture. We want to understand it. And that's, how can you replicate that yes. to other places? How can other churches model what you've already started here? That's what we want to know.
7: Fantastic. I, I want to take this opportunity just to let you all know about something new that is about to happen. You know, you, we've been involved with the Building Block Program and some other ministries at Danville Correctional Center, but it's getting ready to take another step, and that is with a reentry program that is actually going to be led by one of the original uh, uh, inmates who were, was the the starter, uh, helped to start the Building Block Program. Uh, he was just recently released, and he is actually settling here in Danville to help start a re-entry program. Uh, he's gonna work, uh, we as a church are going to be working with him and helping him on this initiative. And uh, there's just going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity for us to serve uh, in, uh, in this uh, area uh, as, as well. I'm v- very excited about that.
8: Thank you for reaching out to us. Be- because you reached out to us, we're gonna be able to do a study here and, uh, and introducing us to a foundation that would fund it. Yeah. So thanks, really, Dale, well, for your I, leadership. It's,
7: it's all it's God. Yeah. I mean, God yeah. has brought all this together. Yeah. So, well, our time it just went by like that. Yeah. So, uh, Byron Johnson, Jim Gash, thank you thank so you. much. Let's, let's show appreciation thank you. for them today. Thank, thank you, guys.
3: PC. Introducing Aunt Bee. She is Sunset's new comfort dog. Not only will she comfort our guests, but she will also answer questions regarding youth and funerals. I'm Judy Fraser. I would suggest that you email Aunt B
6: today. Did you know that by planning your funeral or cremation ahead of time, you can lock in today's prices and make affordable monthly payments? I'm Judy Fraser, and if pre-planning
3: is on your mind, I would suggest that you make just one phone call Sunset Funeral Homes and Cremation Centers. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring...
5: This is Rob Witzel, Area Supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations.
4: Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, We carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyd's of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490
1: WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Thursday, June 16. It's Greg. It's Steph. Stephanie, what a great interview. Yes. I love yes. so much the passion of these men. And I, I don't know that... Um I understood what a great honor it was. I mean, the president of Pepperdine Mm -hmm. University Mm -hmm. was at church Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Byron Johnson, Mm -hmm. you know, just really well-respected all over the country. And the fact that they came to town to Mm -hmm. see what's happening at the Danville Correctional Mm -hmm. Center, specifically with the building block program, Mm -hmm. they want to take what they learned and try to see if that can't happen Mm -hmm. elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I just, I loved every bit Mm -hmm. of it. But there were a couple things that I was really moved by that really didn't have a lot to do with prison, right? you know. Sure. And so give me something that touched you as you were thinking about.
2: Um, well, first of all, I think um, you, the, there's this attitude about academia today that it's liberal, and right. so right. I, I thought that they both were so down to earth and, yeah. um, you know, so willing to share their faith. And it yes. gave me a little bit of hope that yeah. there, are, there are still universities out there where there are people that, right. uh, you know, want to live for Christ and want to share their faith. Yeah. Um, the fact that he that uh, Byron Johnson mentioned, I thought about going to church and how he specifically, I believe it was in in that interview that we played from second hour. He talked about that just going to church for the African-American community can add 14 years to your life. And for a white person going to church adds seven years, I mean,
1: that's stunning. It is. But let me say this. This is a guy whose life is research. This isn't someone that's just, I read an article, you know, in the USA Today or whatever. I mean, this is verifiable. I just, yeah. I love so much about it. I, I think I was most touched. I, I love the whole morning, mm-hmm. but I think I was most touched by Dr. Gash. Mm-hmm. Is it Gash? Is Gash. that right? Am I mm-hmm. saying that right? Yeah. Um, and just the impact that one connection with Uganda mm-hmm. had. And now 23 trips. I think that's what he said. Right. And his family has been impacted. Yeah. Yeah. And it just is a reminder. We've got to have our, I've got to have my mm-hmm. eyes open. Mm-hmm. I've got to have my mm-hmm. ears attuned. Mm-hmm. Opportunities that are presenting themselves because he almost didn't seize the day. Right. He almost didn't go down that road. And well, and
2: and he said that you know he said yes. I said I thought that was my duty. I'll do it and I'll I'll be a good Christian. I'll go one time. Yep. And it changed his life. Right. I want to get. I want to get his book.
1: Yes. Did you you get
2: a copy of it? I didn't. I want to get a copy of that book. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I want to have him come back. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Mm -hmm. he also talked about a lectureship. That happens in uh, Malibu, California, every May, and I, I, I went ahead and volunteered in staff meeting <laughs> yesterday yeah, to yeah. to make that trip. But yeah. um, now I just I thought overall it was a great mm-hmm. morning, and it was just a reminder to me. I think in some ways Second Church has changed the last five to six years. In that I think they've always Second has always loved its community, and mm-hmm. I've only been here for three of those mm-hmm. years. But I it just seems like there's more and more touches. In the community mm-hmm. or to the community, mm-hmm. I think celebrate recovery. We talk about that a mm-hmm. lot around mm-hmm. here. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think prison ministry mm-hmm. is a big part of mm-hmm. it. And I, I'm just I'm excited about what the future brings and where it goes and what it looks like.
2: Yes, yeah. I, I appreciate the leadership bringing them because I think you know you get used to your rhythm of you hear a 25 minute sermon every week and you yep. kind of get ready for that. Yep. It was totally a different pace, yep. and so I appreciated that as well.
1: Hey, we couldn't do direct line mm-hmm. without some incredible sponsors. Who we say thank you yep. to
2: Don Indiana was. With McDonald's, Chris and Dacia Robinson with Robinson Chiropractic, the team at Hans Tankwash, the Darby family with Sunset Funeral Home, Dean and Gina Crandall with Morgan Stanley, and Bill and Mary Lou Knight with Lakewood Insurance.
1: So I got to ask you, are you still playing Wordle?
2: Uh, you know, my kids were here this yeah. last week and I, I got out of the rhythm. Okay. I, I'm stuck today, but yeah, okay. I'm still going. I'm still yeah. at it.
1: I'm hooked. I got my yeah. daughter playing, oh, I got good. my son in law playing. Yeah. Marla is playing. Is she? She is. And I'm hoping that I can get my son Peyton playing. So we'll see. I bet you will. We'll see how that I plays out. Will. But, hey, we've just got a couple minutes left. Here's the history segment. June 14, 1777, Congress adopts the Stars and Stripes. And this week on Tuesday, June 14, do you know what holiday it was? Flag, Flag day. day. And it Flag all goes day. back yeah. to that declaration. I'm
2: proud to be an American.
1: Yes, and I love, you know, I have my American flag floppy hat. I get made fun of (laughs) all the time for wearing it. I love my American flag floppy hat. You're weird. Yeah. Do you think I can wear it on a Sunday? Could I pull that off? Probably not. Uh, Should I take it to Israel?
2: I don't. Probably not, I don't think that you should. I don't think you should take any floppy
1: hat. Hey, Flag Day, one of the things that you may not know is that there are many organizations, I think the American Legion here in town, They properly dispose of flags. Do you know how they do it? You know what they do? I don't know. They burn them. But there's a ceremony that takes place. Hmm. So that's just extra. That's not in the notes. Thank you for here's number two. Okay, June 16.
2: I'm all about this one.
1: 1884, the first (laughs) roller coaster in America opens at Coney Island in (laughs) Brooklyn, New York. Now, here's the really cool thing about it: it went six miles an hour. And it only costs a nickel to ride. Are you a roller coaster I person? I am. Steph, are you? Are you? Um, when my kids were of roller coaster age, uh-huh. I would ride the roller uh-huh. coasters. Marla wanted no part of it. Uh, I've not been on a roller coaster since. Oh, really? Yeah. I have a friend
2: yeah. that goes with me, Robin yeah. Brown. Yes, I know, Robin. And we laugh until there's okay. a problem.
1: Okay. And
2: we've decided we might be too old at this point. I don't know that I could get her on another one. But okay. Do
1: we have a favorite roller coaster?
2: I like the Dragster at
1: Cedar Point. The Dragster at Cedar Point. I know nothing about it. Well, you should so look it up I'll, and
2: see if you would get on it.
1: What's the one, the, the famous one at um, Six Flags? Is it the Screaming Eagle? I think so. That was the first roller coaster that I fell in love with.
2: I think with. that's nothing compared to...
1: Okay. Well, ride your favorite roller coaster. (laughs) It goes back to 1884. Here's number three. June 12, 1987, President Reagan to Mikhail Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Is that the most famous uttering of a president? It might be. In the last hundred years? It might be. Yeah. Changed the world, didn't it? It really did. And I'm so thankful that Mm -hmm. that wall did come tumbling Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. And that's all we've got. And so next week, uh, I hope you will tune in and... Listen to Direct Line. We got a lot happening as uh, June comes to a mm-hmm. conclusion. Mm-hmm. But again, thank you to Dr. Gash and to Dr. Johnson for blessing us. Thank you to Dale Daniel for making that interview happen. On behalf of Stephanie, this is Greg saying so long. We'll catch you next week on Direct Line.